welcome to the Glitch Text Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I can't believe it. We have come to the last episode. For now, for now, we're here at Bit Prime, and we have an awesome group of people here to talk about the show today. So you guys know the drill. Eric, I'll start with you. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much, Angela. I am Eric Robles, and I am the co-creator and executive producer of this amazing show that I got to share with my lovely partner, Dan Milano, and all of our awesome people on this crew. Hey ho, I'm the Dan Milano, co-making <laughs> the thing. And the uh, robot, I... Uh, helped make this and I'm so proud of it and cannot believe we have talked through all of them so far <laughs> and I'm just so excited and thankful to be with you guys. I love that you're talking like a little bit of a robot because I did that in the last couple of episodes I think a uh, podcast that we did I remember yeah. and, and then the fact that you're bit can you do this intro Dan one more time? I'm a like, Jerry Lewis robot. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes. Greetings, techs. Welcome to the Glitch Tech Rewatch Podcast featuring Bit Prime. A very good episode, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now I'm thinking I should have just asked you to do that for the opening of for everyone. everyone. <laughs> Retroactively change them. Can, 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 I try, can I try to do my bit? Yeah, yeah let's do hear it. it. Do, do it. it. Do it. Do it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> This is, it reminds me of when I tried to do a scratch record for Five's dad, and I was just like, hey, mijo, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> like, Can I go low? Like, please hey. do this. <laughs> I got this, dad. Let me, let me, let me take a stab at this. Esta tambien. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, estoy tan feliz. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, and that voice you just heard was Sarah. Welcome back, Sarah. Oh. Hi, I'm Sarah Partington. I boarded on this episode. You sure did. And we will talk all about that because the boards are great. Board team did an excellent job. And then also we have another wonderful returning guest, Rachel. Welcome back, Rachel. Hello, I'm Rachel Hastings and I was a production coordinator on this episode. Awesome. We yeah, did and... way more than that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, all, you, you all went above and beyond. Rachel traveled the world with me on trips <laughs> to India. We went all around the world. <laughs> Enough can't be said about Rachel, Katie, and Emma, and oh my gosh, what? Liam and, and oh, Julia. Yes, Liam, Julia. We had Lisa for an episode who was able to talk a bit about what everyone did as well. But yeah, you know, so many of them have actually been with us since day one, but yeah, Rachel did go overseas and coordinate with the studios and we just appreciated it so much. And I spoke a little bit, I was late to the other podcast and said how much I appreciate Sarah, but you know, what's really cool about it is that even when you weren't here, Sarah, you were always talked about your board partners love you so much. Everyone on the team loves you so much. And so it was kind of cool. You know, you guys all look out for each other and make sure to call out the work. So, but it's cool that you can be here comment on it yourself. I'm excited to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're too sweet. I was hoping like everybody would be here, but like, I guess that, that's a lot of people to juggle. Yeah, we'll have to just do like a, when we're all vaccinated, we'll get together for a party or something and all. Play, play some yeah. D&D, Eric? Yes. Come I want to do, I want to do my first D&D game, somebody, please. I've been we need to do, to do it. it. We need to do it. Yeah, Dan's been promising me for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So has Phil. So. And Ash, yep. In two weeks, I'm in. All right. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. And then also joining us this evening is Sandeep. Welcome back, Sandeep. Hello. Stop. Oh, hey! I, you know, I'm following in my own footsteps. Last time I was also late. So, you know, this is just who I am. It's in a part of my DNA and I apologize for nothing. This is a, it's a Zoom generation, man. Uh, oh, we, man. We're just glad to be here. It's 2021 and we're just all glad to we're be alive. here. We're alive. Yeah. Yeah. And Sandeep, tell the world what you did on this episode and also just on Glitch Tags in general. Well, I think this episode, did I get a writing credit on this episode? <laughs> I believe you did. <laughs> yeah, I, believe yeah, you I did. think I did. I think I did. Yeah, it was me and you, right? Yep. Man, yeah, awesome. So, I mean, this is, you know, one of my favorite episodes. I got to work on a lot of different episodes as like a writer's consultant uh, or story consultant for the entirety of the run. And it was such an absolute treasure and a total blast. And this is one that I, yeah, it was really fun to do kind of all the, the mystery elements of it and, and work with Dan and all that, all that stuff. And so I'm super stoked with how it came out and yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. They, you were writing on this for a while because this episode has had quite a journey. So we, we'll talk about that. That's why it traded hands between us. I mean, all, we come at all the episodes together as a group in some ways, but then we also hand off because people need to go to draft and flesh it out and and bring all these elements out. But in this time, since you started it to when we actually started, I think, producing on it, you were added to the cast as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was, it's all just a blur, right? It's, it's all- It is, pandemic. man, it's starting to be. That's why I'm so grateful that- I don't that remember the order of anything. There's archive, but also it is hard to remember the order with this show because typically you set out, you're given an order of production order of episodes that's not always the order things run in but we intended to be pretty close to that but then for one reason or another you sometimes move episodes and this episode was one that honestly was supposed to be originally episode three we thought only because we thought oh we've established kind of the world and five and miko and it's time for a bit episode which is an odd thing looking back but at the time Bit was a very prominent figure in the original premise and pitch for the show. He was really the third character. It was like Five and Miko and their Wonder Robot. And then in the pilot, if people notice, Bit gets taken out of the action pretty easily in the second part of the pilot. And that's because, oh, when you have a Wonder Robot with you, it solves your problems. It solves all your problems. Yeah, and all your problems. Nothing for your characters to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's why even in the original, original pilot, it was the high five and bit show. Yes. And Miko was kind of the new third wheel into the whole situation, right? But even in that one, we had to take out bit as the middle of the story. We had to take him out because then we had to make it the five and Miko story. Part of your initial concept and the thing that was very kind of a little more 
kind of Nickelodeon about it was like, it's a boy and his robot and they go on these amazing missions, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm simplifying it greatly, but that was like the gist. And then <laughs> as we explored it right away in your pilot, you had them immediately meet a character named Miko who is an extremely strong character. And then she becomes involved in their adventure. And so we got the note to take that character. She's so amazing, put her at the forefront, make it right. be two characters. So we thought, okay, two characters and their robot friend. <laughs> right, right. And you know, you get stuck on ideas. And every time we had to move bit to the side, we were like, okay, we'll get to him, we'll get to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's really telling that although he's a wonderful, or it is a wonderful character, we really didn't need to get to it for quite a while. And by the time we did, we knew, hey, whatever we do with bit, and we pretty quickly knew what we wanted in the big picture, we're like, he's kind of a key to the more serialized aspect of the show. And we'll get to that down the line. So, you know, the episode kept getting pushed and refined. Yeah, you know, I, I sort of pictured Bit as like the snarf of the, <laughs> right. of the show. <laughs> yeah. Cats, you know? It's like, you don't want him in every snarf, episode. Snarf, Slimer, Sebastian. And, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like yeah, this yeah, fun, yeah. lovable, you want the plushie. And, and, yep. and you know, he offers a lot. And you're right, he, he does solve so many problems. I remember talking about that even with the gauntlets, right? We had to keep coming up with ways for like the gauntlets to not work all the time or to, yeah. you know, to for someone yeah. to have like a radio frequency that could knock it out or something like that so that they just didn't have the, the sort of the magical thing that could solve all, solve everything themselves. So they got to use their brains. Yeah, kids have to do it themselves. Yeah. So Bit kept getting relegated to the assistant tool. But we did always intend that it was a, bot that had a history yeah. and a bot that very quickly we knew it would have a relationship with the boss. In fact, mm -hmm. I think at one point there was a intro scene for this, which was like, you were following a glitch agent and you slowly realize like, it's not Fiverr Miko. In fact, it's the 1970s and mm -hmm. this glitch agent gets this MacGuffin and, you know, it gets the Death Star plans and gives it to this droid who turns yeah. out to be bit. And yeah. you realize, oh, wow. you know. There's a whole mythology behind all of this. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, we wanted to really kind of like give bit this inside kind of information. It's like Dan was saying, right? Like, it's like he had the blast Death Star and this was gonna really kind of open up more to the lore of Glitch Tax and Hanobi and everything else that we had in store for the series. The last I could say about it probably before we start is just because a lot of fans have asked. So I kind of wanna, without doing spoilers, I think Eric and I can reveal that, yes, when we initially pitched the show, all pitches really at the time needed to have, and probably still do, you know, your characters, your concept, and then like a three season arc. So we developed a three season arc where, you know, season one was really meeting these new characters and they and the audience are introduced to this world and they train up. Season two was learning more about Hanobi and the goings on at Hanobi and how characters like Ridley and additional characters and people at the company, how what their relationship with the company was. And then season three was just an all out crazy yeah. escalation that we can't spoil because you need that. You need them to trust that you have a full series in mind. And we really did. But then when they greenlit the show, they were like, look, we would rather you guys be a little more episodic than serialized. Can you mm -hmm. dial it back? Right. And I remember us saying, we were a little disappointed, but we also thought, you know what? Let's try to do both. Let's be episodic, but let's not reset the characters. Let's let them grow 
in between the episodes and let's continue to add things that do grow the world. And then we even, it became less a mandate and speaking only for myself, I actually began really enjoying that. I was like, you know what? I'm not in a rush and we're going to make this show forever. (laughs) It's so good. We're going to do 10 seasons. Who can look at this and not continue, just say more, more, more. So I was so convinced. And I think you hit it. It's like you said, who can look at this, right? But when you don't look at it, then you're not able to make more. Yeah, that, that's true. If you don't look at it, you don't know it's good and you don't ask for more. Or, or if you only look at the, at the like, hey, there's a lot of people eating lunch every day. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of food in the cafeteria we're giving. It's a, it's a lot of inside uh, jokes yeah. happening here. Inside, inside baseball, but hey, it's important. It's really important, though, because it's the part people don't think about. They just think, oh, cartoons, and it's great. You go, and it's like, there's... There's a business side to it. There's yeah. a side, a marketing side. There's all the different sides. It's not just get to draw and write awesome things and then go home and everything's great. You know, There's very little we would do differently because whether we knew we were in for like a pause or not, we just did our best and we did what felt right. And you do try to accommodate the things the network does ask for. So they said to slow down, we slowed down. When we felt the need to pick it up, we started to pick it back up. And it's just that by then it was like, for the moment, it was too late to follow through. But long story short, you know, we know where the story is still going and we can always go there. And, and this episode ended up being very helpful because it was not originally meant to be a seasonal cliffhanger. It was more an episodic cliffhanger that picked up in another couple episodes. But when we realized what was happening, we went to Netflix. And what's the first thing Netflix said when they episodic show they said hey this is pretty episodic we wish you guys were more serialized yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah they were asking for joy we're like that's what we wanted to do yeah and all uh, fairness i mean this is five years later in a different network so I, you yeah. know it, it's it makes sense you know that's how people view on netflix and not how they were consuming on nickelodeon so we said well you know what we are actually, and to kind of prove it, let's move the Bit Prime episode so it's last. And that will really let Netflix and the audience and everyone know there's a more of a story to tell. Yeah. And clearly, that'll get us to get more episodes immediately, <laughs> you know, and we're still waiting. So the good news, folks, is nobody said no, but there's no urgency to say yes. So we still believe you're going to get more, whether it's a season or a movie or a something but it's not coming tomorrow, (laughs) but it's also not impossible. Believe us. We would be honest at this point. I think you know us enough to know if you've been listening, that we would be very honest with you if it was over and it's not, but it's also still on hiatus for sure. So with that in mind, this is our swan song. (laughs) And nothing, you know, you never know because there, there is a precedent of shows coming back. You know, I immediately think of Futurama. And family, guy. family Guy. Young Justice, yeah. You know, Young Justice, yeah, I'm actually watching season three of Young Justice right now. You know, you've got Young Justice, you've got movies, you know, for like a bunch of Nickelodeon shows. So you you've never got an know. Avatar Korra universe coming, <laughs> yep. right? Yeah, hopefully. We guarantee you no one we worked for saw that coming when we made this show. <laughs> yeah. And we feel like, look, it's just, that's exactly how things are nowadays. Like one way or another, you know, everything can continue. And we think we will. There's so many people who support this show and want to do more, but the red tape has to clear and it will, it will. 
Yes, indeed. And so with that being said, we're going to get right into Bit Prime. This is a fun one. We'll have a lot to talk about here. So I'll go ahead and read the Netflix synopsis. Phil threatens to replace the laggy bit with a newer model. To save the bot, Nico and High Five poke around inside to fix him themselves. And what it doesn't say is chaos and mayhem abound after that. But it's all it's all good. They learn, they learn a lot of interesting things. So for folks at home, the way that we do this is we have season two, episode 10, Bit Prime queued up in Netflix at the zero, zero, zero mark. So on three, I'll hit play. And so all of you at home can do the same and we can all watch together and you'll get to hear all the awesome behind the scene things. So all together now. So one, two, three. And there we go. Yeah. Original series. That's right. Sure is. <laughs> it's like you Said better that. not forget it. Not based on any IP. No, uh, that's right. <laughs> All this stuff. Oh, uh, Drooly Kid. Oh <laughs> uh, my gosh. All this oh stuff. yeah, these guys. Fishwalkers. baby. They're a favorite. <laughs> we the drew fish. so many fishwalkers. <laughs> we had a whole a whole episode on our third season where Hanish and Zara like are dealing with these guys. Yeah, that's right. I remember I wrote the fish walkers in as a total temp, assuming that you guys would be like, we're going to do something else. <laughs> and right, we love it. It somehow stuck. <laughs> it shows how we learned our lesson and we didn't because by that time it was like, oh, you know what? We should reuse some glitches. Yeah, let's use the fish walkers again. And let's create like six new fish walkers. <laughs> <laughs> So it's yeah. like, hey, design team, good news. We get, you get to reuse the fishwaka. Bad news. Make six more. You know? Six more. <laughs> I think it was actually three or four, but there's like a, and they all had waka names. There's like a, yep. a tough waka and like a, a tank boss, one. Boss and like, yeah. Or something. Boss waka. Uh, yeah, it's a cute. boss waka. Dope glasses. I remember the glasses. Oh my gosh, yes. I love how Miko like just kind of owns this whole scene here the laugh and we're action heroes yeah so uh, good so good kids playing at being heroes but they really are yeah um, sarah your boarding is just <laughs> uh love love it's love unreal work i love oh, thank you so good this was fun i remember we redid a chunk of this and there was arguing and then i was like all right you're right fine <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what it was originally like what was the original idea uh the one thing i super remember is there was only one fishwalker and we didn't have reveal the duplicating ability yet uh -huh. and there was just that <laughs> and, and it's essential right because then later on in the episode you'll see how they duplicate so yeah it, it just it just works out it's a tricky concept because it was meant to be like, oh, if you miss it, it duplicates as opposed to if you hit it. That was the part that was a little odd. So like, because they missed, they caused that problem. If I think if we had it to do over again, I'd just make it like, oh, hey, when we hit it, it when he, duplicates. Yeah, that, that doesn't make more sense. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. But, but actually like, like as a game- turbulence got them. That's, how, but, that's what makes them. As a game, I think it makes more sense, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, like if you yes. try something and you miss, the consequences is there's more to deal right. with, right? I, I, yes. I yeah, think I was thinking about it as like, 
I was thinking about like, like mitosis or something. Like if you don't hit in time, then it's going to like, it's, it's going to replicate no matter what, if you do nothing. And so if you leave it, it's just going to start replicating. Like that's what, how I was thinking about it at one point. I know that yeah. didn't land in the script, but. Well, I, th I think it so landed, you better it hit just, it. Otherwise it's going to, it was hard to convey it. visually, although I think right. it got pulled off, which is amazing. And it's a testament to, this is what I love about everyone who touched the show particularly, you know, you, uh, Sandeep and Ashley early on, because you guys were very, you guys, I think had the easiest time just leaping right in and saying, yes, we get it. Me video game mechanics are going to be a thing. And to think of things a little differently and in those terms, as opposed to just, you know, heroes oh, firing generic weapons. And also um, everyone was so down for the kids getting to be superheroes <laughs> or gamers getting to be superheroes specifically. Can we talk about Sung's whole section? Yes, here? I was just yeah. reacting. It's my favorite drawing of Sung's in the whole series with all the roses behind her. Yeah. <laughs> so Sung just brought such a unique way of boarding. I, I can't even, like, what I love about boarding like Sung's is my mind doesn't go there. And I love that her mind just goes there and is able to board the way she does. And Back on Fanboy and Chum Chum, it was, um, oh gosh, we had another board artist that did, you know, again, I don't know if it's a Korean thing, but she was also Korean, that it's a certain way of boarding that just makes it so cool because my mind doesn't go there. And I love that everybody on our team just brought such a unique way of boarding to the show. Was there a time in the past when you would have been more like, no, no, like this? Or have you always appreciated that like, oh, this is not how I would have done it. And I no, love that. No, no, no. I've always been open to that because again, That's like, great. I, I'm, I'm always looking for like a voice, right? Even in boarding. And when you can bring something that I can't bring to the table, that's when you, like all of a sudden you're just like, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, please just work on my show because that's great i agree yeah you're bringing a whole new element that like you, because the stuff that i could bring to the table like sure like okay i'm gonna give you direction just do this right but when somebody could bring just something different to the table it just makes it that much more special i think some artists have trouble reconciling that and some creators but i think it's valid to say well if you're a creator and you create your personal stuff is yours but your your collaborative creation belongs to everyone and you're just the filter you know i've i've been more and more trying to think of myself as a creator or as a writer or whatever as the guardian of tone right Ra yes. rather tone. than hey i'm gonna do every piece of this and every piece of this is mine it's like no i'm gonna you know take in the board artist's point of view and stuff like that and decide hey does this still fit with the tone i mean i feel like you guys did such a great job with tone on this show like you know what the show, the flavor of the show all the way through. Oh, the yeah, so it's just great. so fun. Not out of control. This is all Sarah's section here, by the way. And just like those <laughs> oh, cuts, yeah. Sarah, just always made me laugh. <laughs> when she's biting into one of those, oh, like, bites. it's like, oh. That's so that's good. The kind of stuff Any, that anytime we love. can make her nom on something, I'm down. I think <laughs> I think Ash has her chewing on 
Nameless's head in one of the other episodes. I you, just love it. You can dot slash run, but you can't dot slash hide is pure Sandeep, ladies uh, and gentlemen. That's a wonderful book. So it's so good. Those are, again, like, like a great board artist, like great writers, right? Like it's like these, like they just fit perfectly. Like you're like looking for the piece, you're the puzzle piece, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this fits perfect. And also, Oh, go ahead. Yes. No, there it is. Like, it's just awesome to see that. I just got excited because I, I, I blurted because I realized, I think, Sandeep, you also had the concept of seeing Phil through the years, which led to the board idea of actually like animating it, like scrolling it. Yeah. I, I just loved how the board artists always, you guys always <laughs> like plussed, you know, everything that we put on the page in, in ways like that, where it's just like, oh, I did not see that coming. And when you finally see it, you're like, wow, it's amazing. It's so neat. It's a great yeah. example of how the tone affects things too. Because the concept is, let's see this guy through the years. Then it becomes, oh, but let's remember everybody, we're really trying to tonally represent technology accurately. So if this were an iPhone, you would slash, you would, you would scroll the pictures, right? And then that became, oh my God, that means we can animate it. So, you know, it's like idea plus concept created mm -hmm. an opportunity and it took an artist to see that opportunity it's like yes ending yeah, yeah. it is Good it is yes ending yep yeah it like the whole process is problem solving and like you already solved half the problem and then you hand it off and someone else solves a bunch of other problems that right. come up and in the end you end up with something like just really fun and remarkable <laughs> enough can't be said about scott kramer as phil who right. I love Phil. The role is was written for really it's perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. It's just perfect. I can't imagine anybody else or any other voice. Oh my! Yeah, right. That voice is perfect. I mean, I don't know if he talks to his children this way, but this is how he tells us he talks about his children <laughs> to his children. You know, like when he would tell stories about his kids, it would always be this kind of thing, like love, but also this like put upon frustration. Yeah. It's, oh, it's too real. It's like he does it too well for it to not be yes. <laughs> his actual it's, life. It's like, yeah, like like if you know Scott Kramer, he's an actual character from a sitcom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he really is just the character from a sitcom. He's just like the guy you'd love. And that, this is Josh Sussman as I was gonna Bergie. say that's Bergie too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are acting, you know, it's not exactly who they are, but they, these are heightened versions of them and they are genuinely like kind, wonderful, unique, you know, people who make for wonderful characters. Yeah, I remember like trying to, you know, you wanted Bergie in the show so bad, Dan, like up front. I mean, not Bergie, not, uh, um, Josh, Josh in the yeah. show. And you were trying to fit him in so many different roles and I just couldn't fit him in. Like I, it just wasn't working for me until we created him. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I was like, yeah, that works. That's one way to do it. That's yeah. what this show kind of taught me. It's like, because we learned that with Mitch Williams. It's like, don't don't try to wedge one person into a thing. Sometimes you just write for the the actor, either change the character for the actor or invent a character for the actor. Yeah. This, th this is fun tonally. You can see yeah. we're, we were playing yeah. around with this kind of stuff. I think this is where Phil, right? Uh, or Ash, right? Like, uh, started boarding for us in this. Oh, place. yeah, that's right. So clean and beautiful. 
amazing. Ash got me started on like enjoying backgrounds. So now that's what I do when, when I'm stuck on something because I try to like channel Ash and like be a beautiful backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Ash just knows how to like add this dynamic, energetic, cartoon, action. It's just this amalgam of coolness that he adds to the show. That yeah, cartoon joy and real world physics. Just that the bit spin and everything, it's like, it's both. It's like buoyant and dynamic and yet it also feels like it, it has the real weight, real physics as it moves. Yeah. So I do good. have a question too. Is that frozen bananas? Is that a is that an Arrested Development joke, or do you guys just really like frozen bananas? <laughs> just really curious there. I don't think that was a specific Arrested Development call, was it? Like I, I you know, it's funny. That's a question for, uh, excuse me, design. When I see the yeah, color, I think it is. It it wasn't. It needed to. I don't think we even described it specifically. It wasn't in the, in the writing. For sure. Yeah. But when it was interpreted, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's Bluth's Bananas. Yeah. Um, but we didn't talk about it. And this is meant to be like the Sid. In every Final Fantasy game, there's a character named Sid. Uh, and this is meant to be our version of a Sid character. And it's actually performed by, um, oh gosh, uh, amazing voice actor, does Bender on Futurama. And, uh, oh, John, John, John DiMaggio. Yes, John, thank you. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, yeah. This took a while, I remember figuring out timing love, on this. I love that it was like handheld for a second. You know, like you were in her yeah. face. And like, I, I just uh, I love little stylistic touches like that. Ah, uh, look at this. Ah, uh, look at that. That's all the overhead. Whoa. There That's, uh, you guys. <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a couple needs. Let's see the transform more. We haven't seen that since the pilot. So it was like a chance to play with things uh, that it could do, right? And then we, we can't forget about like wiping characters, right? So like, you know, just there, like Ash had Miko go back and flash that guy. And it's just like, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I love Disclaimer. That. A lot of people talk about the casual way that the characters will sometimes reset people because you can look at the show through a lens where like, that's a very invasive thing <laughs> they're doing to people. Yeah. And we did talk about it quite a bit. And it was something we, we showed less and less on the show as we went sometimes, but the idea was intended and still is intended to be dealt with. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot we don't think of when we handle technology and there's a lot that we take on and, and there is satire to the show, and yet it's also really grounded. So sometimes these things, you can look at them as goofy or as serious, but we did want to deal with it. Yeah, we wanted to, I think, we, you know, not to give anything away, but we definitely wanted to pay it off. And we were taught, you know, yeah. I think in how we deal with technology today, right? Think about Facebook or whatever. It's like, no, the intentions were far from what uh, the uses have become. In a lot of right. Ways. And I was excited to get there. So yeah, let's. Let's pick up more seasons so we can we can do it. Heck yeah. <laughs> this whole section is so great. This was, uh, I think this is uh, Chris Graham, like added this whole comedy moment here of this guy sliding on his butt like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, how adorable. <laughs> oh yeah. And Phil in tech mode. transformation. <laughs> yeah, Chris Graham was the director of this episode and you know, Again, I'm sure, Sarah, you can speak more to Chris in general. Like, 
you know, he's just always was so supportive of what you guys were doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really nice. You, like you could tell he just trusted us, which was yeah amazing. It's funny because like, if we ever tried to write out you know, like just describe everything that you guys do in, in all these little moments. Like the script would be a hundred pages long. Like we And we'd all boycott. <laughs> to get that specific anyway. You'd have the novelization. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that like with this like the car transformation moment, like it was all for a gag, but like it it's so good. <laughs> and then Mark, the prop designer, just took it and ran with it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, we talk about like Mark. We talk about Tony, you know, answer like all the effects on this show, the props on this show, like the attention to detail. I mean, even this whole section, I remember you look at it, it looks cool, right? But in animation, Ian Graham, our supervising producer, him and I would go through all these scenes and it's like it's not good enough it's not timing's wrong you know and ian like he's he's a perfectionist so he needs to make sure models are correct timing is correct every single detail and i just remember him and i like going through all these moments and making sure that whatever was done in the boards like we have to make sure that in animation reaches that standard, that level of perfection at the same time. And we would spend hours and hours. I, I learned so much in those note sessions though. Like it was so fascinating because you could tell that like Ian knows his stuff. Like this is it was it was eye-opening to see, oh yeah, that is that is true. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is an education. Like for those who want to get into animation, I mean Rachel, you can talk more on this, right? Like you know, people think it's like, oh, well, I don't want to go through the production round. I want to be an artist. But the, Oh, the... no, yeah. It's so fascinating. I learned so much all the way as an intern through production, as a coordinator and everything, like seeing every stage of the process and kind of escorting the episode from hands to hands and seeing how it, it just levels up every time it goes to a new group. It, it's really, really inspiring. <laughs> Is there an example here? Because I feel like when they throw, when, when Miko throws the thing and then five needs to shoot it or the opposite, that logic was so important as was the logic of the three symbols and how they're tracked throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so a lot of it too was like, we need to convey you know, orientation and logic that the audience won't even realize is like crucial to even understanding story. Plus right. the other stuff is just like perspective and film logic. But can you think of any related to this episode where something had to be refined in a particular way? Oh, Dan, I'm telling you, like that whole section you just spoke about, like uh, Miko blasting that thing while five through it, like all that section, you know, it, it, like I said, you look at it and you're like, oh, cool, that's awesome, right? Like it's just part of the story. But for us, it, it was revision after revision, timing, something wasn't right, it wasn't working. I just remember during animation, by the way, this was all animation notes, and Ian just wouldn't rest. He was like, no, it's just not there. Like, and I mean, you look at it now and it's just smooth. It looks, it works and you get the concept, but if timing is off, right. then your brain 
doesn't process it correctly. So even that, what just happened, it's like, I'm going to put these three things in. They're going to go. They're going to cause a reaction. This cartridge is going to come up. Like there's an association and a logic there that seems simple. But if, if it's slightly off, yes. the brain reads it wrong. And so really well, spending time on that is important. And, and you, lose, you lose tension, right? Like in the actual yeah. story, the viewer yes. starts to like, you know, get lost and not care anymore if that stuff doesn't really, or, di or, isn't really dialed in. Yeah, it becomes noise. You know, it right. just becomes like stuff as opposed to meaningful stuff. Right. That's the difference right there. Uh, this design, Anna Kaddish had done a concept design of this bit here. She's an amazing designer, Anna Kaddish, and we loved her work. She did some early development stuff for the show. And she did like a bit design that we never used along with a couple of other ones. And it was one that in my mind, I was like, oh, it's just such a cool design. It didn't fit the show at the time, but I always loved that design. And when we had to think of a new design for Bit, I immediately went back to that Anna Kaddish design and I was like, oh God, this design would be perfect. That's awesome. Nothing's wasted, right? No. <laughs> and plus I'd want that toy so bad. The, the Kupai <laughs> cake inversion of Bit. Yes. Yes, please. Please, that please transforms into a car and yeah the pie was a reference to the raspberry pie a raspberry mini pie. computer that we were using for all our game emulators and and this is the episode that actually when you talk about world building kind of like in the periphery this is the episode where we finally tell you hey guess what all the glitch tech gear including bit is made from plixels that's not something we stop and say to you necessarily, but it's shown here because when that AMP goes off, everything comes apart. Yes, yes. And yes. that canister is all that was left of bit. And we thought like, okay, we're going to show, not tell you that. And if you get it, great. If you don't get it, that's fine too. But can, it's can there. I just, can I just say like, you know, when Dan's not around, I credit him. And while you're here, I'm going to say how awesome you are, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I do the same, my friend. Yeah, we all love each other. Like everyone's contributions are so strong and we all appreciate one another, which is so great. That's, um, that's the thank kind you. of stuff, man. That's the kind of stuff where I'm always like, oh, dad, I love you, man, because that's, it makes so much sense, right? Like the fact that like everything's made of pixels. So when something like that happens, of course, everything goes everything goes right out, you know? And the fact that your brain is going there, like that's the stuff that I appreciate because you fill in so many blanks. I always think of Star Wars because it's like, it doesn't begin with like, so this is a droid and um, this is, it's basically <laughs> like a robot. And uh, you know, like, and nobody says anything, just like these guys with weird helmets are shooting at these, these guys in all white armor. And then the guy in black comes in and you know, you're just left to kind of, pick it up as it happens, which is such a cool way to enter a universe. It's a great world building, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you just, because in the real world, nobody stops to talk about things that are obvious to them. So, you know, but, this, if, but if we do need to, just ask Bit. <laughs> yeah, what a great episode. The end, definitely, like, uh, Chris Graham just stunned us with that really cool graphic of the Hanobi and the feeling and the tone of that. I remember when we saw it in Animatic, like that was all him. And I just was like, oh, I got chills watching that because I was like, yes, that's the end we need for this episode. It's like- We did 
have a list of all the programs uh, at one point that were on the screen and they all had interesting names and some of them were spe are specific. There's like more than one file on there and some of them we know exactly what they are and and what we need to deal with in the future and others are just opportunities for us to hopefully exploit later. Sometimes you know everything and sometimes you don't and you just say, well, you know, hopefully I'll come back to this and use it. A lot of people say that, oh, Breaking Bad seems like such a well-connected series. They must have known everything about it as they were writing it. And those guys said, actually, we just, we went back and rewatched our earlier seasons and thought, hey, that character in the background could be somebody. Let's, you know. Um, Let's just research our own material. Yeah, totally. we need to. which is a great well, way to do it. Your Sometimes callbacks. you're conscious mm -hmm. that you're creating an opportunity and other times, you know, you can just go back and look and say, hey, what if we use this? And the story I, I, takes on a life of its own, right? Like at some point and you have to like service the story as a whole. Correct. Its own beast and kind of go back to it and consult the story and be like, hey, story, where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Where are That's we going today? <laughs> yeah. That's the I best. Noticed, it is. I noticed, Dan, that your uh, screen is trying to push you to watch what Mitchell's. It, the Mitchells, right? I, mm -hmm. My screen is telling me to watch Selena, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Mine was saying Voltron. It was like, you want to watch Voltron again, right? That's so funny. I stayed on the credits, and and now all I, and you know how they go through the credits of all the like folks from different countries, like doing all the dubbing. Yeah. Now all I want to do is meet all the Hanishas around the world. Yes, that would be amazing. Be like, oh, we should right. Zoom with everyone. Have you, have you heard the other tracks? No, no, but I just see the, you know. You should. The, it's do yourself crazy. a favor. Yeah, I want to see Dutch. I want to meet Dutch and Yeah, they, they're pretty great, actually. They're yeah. really sure. Sure they're better than I am. If they're we could get the casting director, we should see if we, Netflix could set us up to talk to the casting director and do like a little zoom with them or something because um oh that's cool yeah, great job this is this actually kind of is kind of hard do that with miko you know do, do like you know that'd be cooler to be honest i will they, they can talk about everybody but what i love is it got back to us through megan casey actually who i remember hearing hey you know people dubbing the show they're blown away by the show and they really love the show yeah and they tried so hard because our show is full of weird slang and they talk fast and you know yeah, it's like so fast paced we didn't even really we thought visually how it would translate to other countries but we certainly didn't think about how it would verbally and when you hear a lot of the dubs they're so good the yeah. passion is there they're it's directed awesome. well because you yeah. think man what's what's it gonna how's that energy gonna be and they really pull it off all the characters are strong so yeah check it out man it's really neat uh-huh there's every once in a while, it goes both ways too. I watch a lot of anime in Japanese, and it, but every once in a while you also get, there can be great English dubs. You know, I, I can appreciate them both in some shows, not all, and not for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of some of the, the, the early, early, early stuff when people were just getting into it. It's like, they did their best. Yeah. Like yeah, and yeah. sometimes I, I've learned that and even subtitles are done by like fans and, and, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's actually a, like kind of an issue of, you know, paying the people who do that well and appropriately because yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, 
done out of love. And of course, the most dangerous thing you can do as an artist when you love something is sometimes you're taken advantage of, right? It's also fun watching films with people that do speak the language and reading the subtitles and they just start laughing. You're like, oh, that that can't be that can't be good. <laughs> they're like, no, that's not what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, the literal translation will not always work. Like, I'm quite sure that the Japanese translation of it can't be helped is less literal because I hear characters say that all the time. It can't be helped. We must move right. on, right? <laughs> and that just is some shorthand, which means nothing we can do right now, right? Whatever it is. And I'm sure there's lots of different ways it could be conveyed, but it comes across to us just as it cannot be helped. Right. <laughs> well, um, this, this was our last episode of season two. And as we wrap this up, I want to say that when making a show, you know, Dan and I, we were just so excited to do our own Ghostbusters type kind of show, right? It started off as like us just greedy little boys wanting to be like, we want to make our show. Yeah. We want like, these toys. Yeah. We want this toy. We want to see something. And I got to tell you, now that it's all done and we've done what we did, not only, you know, the obvious, we're super proud of it. But at the end of the day, the thing that I remember most about this show is our crew. It's the time that we had, the experiences that we had, the love, the joy, the pain, like all of it, everything that came with it. It's the most beautiful thing that I have experienced in my life. Like this amazing family that you have day in, day out. And that's what it really is to me. Like this. It sounds corny, but it's so true. It wasn't the toys, it was the sandlot, right? It's yeah. the sandlot. And even the fact that like somebody kind of for now has put a chain link fence and a lock on the sandlot in a way is almost part of what makes it special too. It's like, that's our sandlot. We're gonna, you know, like <laughs> never forget the sandlot, right? Yeah. It's like so romantic, frankly. But yeah, I agree. It was like the best summer camp experience or a, like yeah. a, a theater. Yeah. You're right when you said improv, Sandy, because it was, it was a theater experience, I think really. You know, it was a tandem performance by many departments working together. And it does feel like, oh, that's me and my UCB, you yeah. know, troop. You know, we went and we made that and we built the sets and we performed something and, you know, but and the, the, what's cool, there's oh, a record of it. Yeah. And the, the beauty of how, exactly. I was just going to say, like, unlike theater, which is kind of more ephemeral, here you have a time capsule, basically, where you get to sort of revisit it. It's like a yearbook, you know, you get to go yeah. back and look and kind of be like, oh, yeah, this, that. Even just watching this again, it brought up so many feelings and emotion and, it, and all had to do with the experience of working with you guys and working with everybody. And, you know, I wasn't there as much as, you know, obviously Dan and Eric, you guys were, you know, through every piece of it, but it's like that feeling ultimately, that's the thing is that you're left with how people make you feel yes. uh, in your life, not the specifics, you know, of exactly what was said. And so even just watching this for me, it's like, yep, I just remember all the feels and the feels were great. So, <laughs> the feels were great. Uh, you, know, you made the process great. I appreciate that. To those listening who are putting teams and crews together, I think that also comes when you really do mix and share. I'm starting to hear of a lot more productions that have been similar to ours, and that makes me really happy that you do have writers who sit in with artists and artists who come to records 
and just allowing everyone to spill over, not just to work with each other, but also just kind of have a general appreciation of what everybody does and how really it's just incredibly important because I think it helps us all feel more like a family. And then it also lets us be more effective at what we do because we can set each other up. And um, it was just a very successful thing for us. And also it made it so fun. Because we're tired and working hard. Like that is, yeah. That's it too. It's just good for morale and energy. Like we're all exhausted. But if you can like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to record and just hang out there for a little while. I'll hype myself later because I'm on deadline. But you do it. You know, you need to do it. My favorite time, honestly, was jumping into those board meetings and, or, or you know, when you guys were sketching and, and coming up with the, yeah. those early board meetings. Um, I can't remember what they're called officially. What are those called? They were like animatic, uh, yeah, board launches and board animatic launches, reviews. Thank you. Yeah. Board launches, yeah. Like the episodes that we didn't get to, the, the third season episode, you know, the one that we were talking about with the fish wakas and, and yeah. bizarre episode and stuff. Like that's the one I really got to sit in a lot of where you guys were like, you guys, should, you should really come to this. And it was just the best to see you guys kind of like bring all to life and, and Eric's up there sketching with the board artists and yeah. you know it's like it's I remember so, that so, so cool. clearly so clearly because we would we would ask you what were you thinking and then you would say something and we would sketch it out and then you'd and- like magic it was like ma- like watching a magic show <laughs> like, three of you would jump on the whiteboard and like sketch three different versions of it or something and I was just like like my brain explodes because it's it's insane that's the Amazing. funnest thing like to me like that's the fact that you're saying that, the fact that we executed that way, the way everything is exactly what I planned and wanted to do from the very beginning. I wanted to create. Yeah, he did always say that. It's true. He did Dan say was that. was on board with me on this. We wanted to create like, you know, I had always imagined, and again, it's a fantasy of what it was to make Toy Story, right? At Pixar, right? Like when they had their backs against the wall, Let's just figure out how to make this together, a small group of people, and then just everybody who just put all their efforts into something. And it didn't matter who you were, what you did, everybody just wanted to do their best. And I wanted to create a team where everybody just contributed to something. I didn't want to be the creator. Dan didn't want to be the creator. We just want to be part of the team. Yeah, we wanted to host the party, really. Yeah, create the reason. Those of you who love to obsess and you wouldn't be listening if you didn't, on things that you're interested in, it is great to always be reading the books about productions and getting interviews and stuff. Because I think if Eric hadn't read so much about Pixar and what went into Pixar, it's not just that I want to make movies like Toy Story. I want to have an experience like that team. And for me, it was like also reading about Henson and George Lucas and it wasn't like, oh, I want to make Star Wars. It's like, I want people who are working on the models and the designs yeah. and the, you know, and the effects and what amazing people who got to create something together. So when you're hungry for the process as much as you are the product, that's usually a very good thing. And you'll need it. You'll need it. I mean, Sandeep and Felicia and Ash and myself, we all made stuff with our video cameras and our friends. And then as we got older and we got more friends with more experience that led to becoming actual, like more professional productions, but you got to have that hunger. Make stuff <laughs> together. <laughs> and so it was good. We had a lot of makers on the show and I think that's part of it too. That's why you can be excited in that room, Sandeep, because you're like, oh my God, this is. <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, it's the sandbox. It's, you, know, yeah. you guys built the sandbox and I got to plan it, you know? And you're a guy who knows what it's like also to like, 
I want to make this thing. And so we, we got to build these props. We're going to just do it. We're going to do it now. We're going to make the props. We're going to call my friends. We're going to put it together. And so we were just doing that on Nickelodeon's dime, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, oh God, can we just make season three? Because, you know, talking now, it's just, it reminds me of the Hanish episode. What was that episode called? My dudes! I got two of them. My yes. favorite episode. Yes, that is. That the, is that the movie theater one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, companion affection game. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. oh my gosh. Where I love that episode. Anish develops so much. a relationship so with a video game character. Oh. Uh, oh good. It's so good. You may oh, learn a little about. Hanish's wasn't it, wasn't the first time that someone wrote, uh, you know, uh, wrote a story for me to be falling in love with a video game character. I also, Felicia did the same thing for, for the guild. I'm getting typecast right. for some reason. That's as right. Man obsessed with video games. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, but yeah, I would have, uh, those episodes. And let's make season four too, because, <laughs> you know, as we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, being able to sit in those board launches, I feel like I will be a better writer for the next <laughs> episodes you know because i had a better understanding of like oh this is how you know the sausage gets made after i hand off the ingredient list and now going back to making the ingredient list i can i can do a better job of that now because i you know i own a piece of that experience in a way Um, i definitely feel that way i feel a lot of um guilt almost in a way too that like this was a show that was built as we made it and that made it very difficult whereas and the reason I feel guilty is, I, I don't know why I do it. It's probably just because I'm a person pleaser or I felt bad when at times when it was difficult to write the show. And I always was like, you know, someday we're going to be able to look back on like at least a, a whole set of episodes and people will be able to come to the show with more a sense of what it is and have the freedom to just like interpret it. Like if you could write a glitch text episode, what would it be? The way I would feel about maybe The Simpsons or something back in the day. But like when you're making it, we're finding out what it is by nature of what it isn't. So it was very hard on all of us to write stuff, rewrite stuff, take it apart, yeah, put it back yeah. together mm-hmm. and to get lost a lot. And when we had great fun and communicated well, but it was frustrating sometimes. And I felt bad that writers couldn't just come in and be like, this is the story I want to do. Let's break it down. Here's my draft. You know what I mean? And it was more like, here's the 8 million reasons we have to change aspects of this or that or the other. But, you know, it all came out so great and everybody was amazing about it and was positive about it. And I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, I would love another crack at this, (laughs) knowing that we know how to make this show. Yeah, we know our characters. (laughs) (laughs) Even from a a production and design standpoint, like going into those episodes for season three, like we felt like we hit our stride. Like we knew what we were yeah. doing at last. It's like, yes, we figured it out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we were even coming in like, you know, under schedule and we were really doing well going like, oh my God, we cracked it. We know yeah. it now. <laughs> I think we all had like a nice little break in between those seasons, I think, right, Sarah? Yeah, there was that? like a month off. Yeah, and then everybody so- came so charged to their boards. Like I just remember. I was like, man, the energy that came in that third season was just so epic. And I was like, wow, man, this is, this is amazing. People who follow us know that like, yes, there's a really great story about Hanish and Zara teaming up with Five and Miko that really explores their partnership and just lets you spend so much time with them as characters. There's a 
a return to Castlestein. There's um, some fun like D&D inspired stuff. Ridley's back. Casino's back. And so, Bolypius, the Bolypius, big Bolypius reveal. Big yeah, Bolypius reveal. lots of Bolypius and <laughs> that in the beginning of that arc. So anyway, we'll get to it, guys. Oh, and also Sandeep wrote on the Ninja Turtle tie-in. Yeah, that was, oh, man. So fun. <laughs> so so great. So fun. Oh. Kevin Eastman approved. Oh, yeah. wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was like, this is such a fun and new way to play it was like we were there are times on this show a lot where eric and i were like basically in tears you know when I, I, people would be complimentary and having kevin eastman be like this is so wonderful i'd I, be like oh, we love you kevin i may or may not have actual audio of him saying this <laughs> oh like, you record were... this forever wow that's awesome that's great Hey, I would if, too. I would too. It's like just, just, just in case. Just in case any of you were ever wondering. He did if you've ever heard him speak, you. he has a very unique voice, and we actually had him record lines as Shredder for that episode. And people were like, oh, "You're gonna cast Kevin as Shredder? That's such a weird thing." But then we, of course, like slowed it down and put an echo on it. And it sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he gave a great performance. And, and he, he has, loved it. He yeah. loved the fact that he was playing Shredder, right? He like, got into it. Yeah, it was so cool to have Kevin Eastman like, enjoy this role of being the bad guy of something he created. <laughs> so, so I know people are pulling out their hair, but I'm confident to say you guys are going to get to see that stuff someday. And we want to keep it in the control of Nickelodeon. It's theirs. They own it. They bought it. They paid for it. And one day it will be able to happen. We're very confident of that. There's just, you know, the industry has gone through a lot of changes. These companies go through a lot of changes and that affects the creative. But we also know the creative always comes through. It really does now more than ever. So we have to be patient, but hey, when Eric and I were kids, we had to wait like years and decades between like Star Wars movies. There was no freaking TV show and, you know, like <laughs> tunes every couple of years. We had oh, to yeah. so long. So you guys are spoiled. You, you know? <laughs> I just it's think better. of the Disney vault. It's just like, well, it's coming out of the vault and now it's going back and you're not going to see it yeah. again for 15 yeah. years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you and saw now, a movie, it is, saw it Disney once. Yep. So can we do an official sign-off for now, Angela? We can't. Well, first, before we do an official sign-off, we do our what people are working on and where people can find you because the adventures are continuing for everybody on the show. Everyone's working on very cool projects and very cool things. And then we will have our official sign-off here. So Eric, where can people find you and what are you currently working on? Please begin uh, telling us now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Dan, you're bringing all this great stuff. I need to retroactively fit it into like the first couple here. <laughs> I think I'm most active on Instagram right now. You can find me at Robles. That's four R's, R-O-B-L-E-S, but four R's, R-O-B-L-E-S. You can find me on Twitter, Thanks to Dan Milano at Legit Eric Robles uh, on Twitter. Let's see, uh, Facebook, you can find me as Eric Robles. I think that's it for now. You know what? The truth is, let me just be straight up with everybody. I work my ass off.
I freaking work a lot, man, like everybody else, right? So I just don't have time to constantly be on all the social media, but when I can and when I, you know, have time, I will post stuff on there just to stay alive. But I was born and raised to work, man, and this is what I do, so. He does, when he's not working, he's playing with his son. And so it's hard, it's a hard thing because, you know, it, a lot of us get lost in social media and there's not a lot of time for it. So just know that if I'm on social media, it's because I want to like, just say, hey guys, I love you guys. And I'm still here. This is something I'm putting up there. <laughs> but he sees and likes stuff that he's tagged with and everything. So I think you've done a great job about interacting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what are you working on, Eric? What's going on? very excited about stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, but that just shows it's like he's working, you know, give him his space, give him his time. Because... It's a couple cool things though. Yeah. Some yeah. Cool stuff. Dan's working with me on a couple really cool things. Again, I spent 2020 super busy and anybody who knows me, like I just love to create and Dan and I, and even Ian Graham also is involved on a couple of projects that we're working on right now. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about them soon. Scott Kakuta is involved and we love everybody we've worked with and, you know, we're going to try to get folks together in all kinds of computations on all the things we're doing. Very good. Well, thank you, Eric. And then Dan, what's going on? Where can people find you? At Dan Milano is really the only place I check with regularity, but even then it is difficult for me. So there's an ebb and flow, but my DMs are open and people know I do get back. It takes me a while sometimes, but I always get back. And Milano glitch tech, but um, have not checked that as, as regularly. And I'm currently working on the adaptation of Winds of Fire for Netflix and Warner Brothers. And I hope to be working with you, Angela, on that because uh, I have some amazing scripts from you and you know that I would love to do, you know, maybe a draft or something on that show. And I also have been able to work with Rachel, who's going to be starting on that show in a few days. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So I'm just so proud of that. And it's going to be phenomenal. We're just getting going now and we're starting to really see the road in front of us and it's just deeply exciting and so on. I'm also continuing to work with Eric and others on some cool stuff coming. Excited about all of that because all of that sounds rad. And then Sandeep, where can people find you and what are you working on? You can find me at Sandeep Parikh pretty much everywhere. If you can spell it, you deserve to follow me. And so good. Uh, I love that I've been, so much. I've been twitching a bunch recently. So uh, every Sunday I twitch with the Guild, which is a show that I did a million years ago. And that's Felicia Day and that whole crew. We played various games together. We D&D together. It's a really fun time. So you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash funny, E-F-F-I-N funny. And yeah, that's where you can actually see my face and interact and I'm up there at least a couple times a week when I'm not working my stuff like Robles yes um, and and just writing and working on projects that I also pretty much can't talk about I'm, I'm like trying to think of what, what I could talk about but I can't I guess talk about anything these things are always in development can They're you talk about genre can you talk about the kind of thing you're working on well so I've been doing a bunch of interactive stuff so it's like choose your adventure style stuff you guys saw a couple of shows that I made in the past called that moment when and wizard school dropout for this company echo and so 
it's like essentially branching narrative telltale style shows, but all live action. So I directed and created a couple of those already and we're pitching more to a bunch of really cool companies and we have some really great attachments that I can't announce and hopefully <laughs> soon we can announce them. But awesome. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. awesome. It's been a very productive pandemic in spite of all of it, you know? So. Yeah. A lot of this stuff all has taken seed after the being kind of, yeah, explored during the pandemic between sobbing and you know in fetal positions of worry and because we're all well, a lot of us are parents now too and so you know everything hits us really hard but it's so cool exactly. to see that some things have, have been coming together I'm really glad you went into it a little bit more because I think it's so fascinating what you've been doing and it's so specific and unique and I think it's also the future <laughs> which is yeah, really exciting I, mean, I, I love gamifying content I think it's, I love games in general. And so any chance that we can kind of situate the audience or the viewer in a place where they feel it more, they totally, you know, they feel the ups and downs, they feel the trials and tribulations of the character and the journey that you're trying to set them on. I'm super interested in. So whether it's AR, VR, interactive, um, we're trying to kind of like dabble in it all right now. It's kind of an exciting time. I'm excited for the Roaring Twenties. I think we're going to have our own Roaring Twenties. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. I like that. <laughs> That sounds awesome. And then Sarah, where can people find you? What uh, are you nowhere. doing? <laughs> like, I am in the and shadows. she likes it that way. I do. I, I am do. in the night. Like uh, mental, envy. you know, self-care is very important right now. Sarah, Sarah so is I'm a, not on social. Sarah is ride or die though. Can, can I, because it's visual, can I just see your tattoo? Oh, Sarah got a glitch text tattoo, everybody. One. Nice. So those who don't know, glitch text tattoo for life. <laughs> we got three of the four right here that's right that's right ash is the other one that's right yes. man. that's awesome but yes yeah. not on social media because it stresses me out i, have I respect that a great deal because that's I, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah especially nowadays it's just it makes me miserable so i will occasionally dump things on a tumblr so if you just search my name sarah partington there's a tumblr that eventually stuff will be on there I want to throw out thank you to JJ Conway for helping me with boards on this episode because he like back was my backup yeah. for all the reboarding we did. <laughs> and I'm currently working at Sony Pictures Animation working on the Spider-Verse sequel. So that's what I'm up to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so cool. excited. So Do you check out Sarah's Tumblr? She's amazing. <laughs> and you've posted so much cool stuff there, including glitch tech stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen a lot of I great can. stuff. There. If yeah. anybody, if anybody's like, okay, so what kind of board artist does Eric Robles love? Like Sarah Partington, number one. And if you steal her from me when I want her, I will fight you. Action, <laughs> uh, acting, all of the above. Oh, thank you guys. You're so sweet. I miss you guys. This is I miss you too. <laughs> and then Rachel, where can people find you? What are you working on? Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at Evergreena, Evergreen with an A at the end. And Instagram is at Rachel Kimberly Art. And I post stuff there pretty regularly. And then my website is just rachelkimberlyhastings.com. And that's my portfolio. But in terms of stuff that I've been working on, well, as Dan mentioned, I'm going to be starting on Wings of Fire uh, on Monday as a script Yay! Writer, so. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then in terms of other projects, like personal projects and things, I actually have a short story in an anthology that just came out 
the anthology was published by Havoc Publishing and it's called Sensational. So yeah, I have a short story in that, which is super exciting to have my awesome. work in print and that was really neat. And then what else? Yeah, that's the big one right now. <laughs> Publication, I'm pers- I have a novel that I've been shopping around that I'm approaching agents and things, but hopefully in the future that'll come out, but nothing yet. So <laughs> yeah, that's some of the stuff I have on, on the back burner as well. Pitching shows and things as well. Someday again, maybe. <laughs> Rachel's taking over the world, man. Awesome, awesome. That's like, love. That, I got publishing. I got art. I got <laughs> all, all the things. Yes. It all it all ties into storytelling. That's that's my thing. <laughs> yep. All right. So so now Eric, sign off. Proceed with sign off sequence. Yes. I am Eric Robles co-creator, executive producer of Glitch Text. I love all you guys. I love this show. And thank you for what a wonderful life experience on this show. Ooh, that was good. Uh, Your uh, sign-off is accepted. (laughs) Sandy Parikh, please come with your... Oh, you each get a sign off? Oh my With God. your sign off. I can't talk. Try that. to be better than Eric. Oh, no. <laughs> be more emotional than Eric was. At the tone, you may begin. I don't know how I'm going to live without you, without all of you. I, 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 I fear the moment that I log off of this conversation, <laughs> it will be the end of my journey in this plane of existence. Sorry, uh, I did not get your response. Sorry, <laughs> record at the tone. That's so cold. I was trying to drop tears into the microphone. You couldn't feel that? I thought I, I heard you say, I'm like... trying to take beers to the hexagon. Is this correct? No, bit. Oh, come on. I was like, I should have put myself up. You know, try not to laugh, but that's so beautiful. But oh my gosh, it's so great. I'll just, yeah, my real sign off is I'm Sunday Parikh, uh, a, a writer and an actor on the show. And thank you for letting me play in your sandbox. Uh, your sign off is accepted. Thank you. Uh, wow, wow. Sarah Partington, please commence with oh. your sign off at the oh, tone. <laughs> that, was the most, that was the worst tone. I said to boo. It was boo. wonderful though. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'm Sarah Partington. Uh, it was an amazing experience working with you all, and I will treasure it always. And I met a lot of like family members for life on this crew that I will cherish always. It's wonderful making my job easier for me, and I just really appreciate all of you. That's all I got. Thank you guys. Your sign-off has been scanned for uh, <laughs> for detections of sincerity. <laughs> it has passed. Oh, Thank you for your sincere comments. <laughs> and now, <laughs> Rachel Hastings, would you please commence with your sign-off at the tone? Boop. I'm Rachel Hastings. I was production coordinator on the show. And I just want to say... Thank you for making my first experience in animation the most memorable it could have possibly been. (laughs) Most memorable in the best way. And I'm so proud of the show and the entire crew for making it the the special thing that it has become. 
Making uh, it the special thing by Joy Behar has been added to your Amazon cart. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Milano, uh, I believe it is your turn. <laughs> Are there two bits? Thank you, Ben. It is your turn to commence your farewell and goodbye. Who's this knockoff bit? <laughs> I told you. The overseas dubs are so good. <laughs> the Spanish dub is crazy good, y'all. Uh, ben Manalo, eres tiempo para... There we go. There we go. Tu adios a todos. So good. All right, I'm going to... I'm pressing one bit. Boop. One for... I'm pressing one for English. Because no hablo. No hablo. I'm Dan Milano, and uh, you guys know how I feel. I'm extremely vocal. This has been the best experience of my professional career and the most fun I've ever had working the hardest I've ever worked. And everybody on this production uh, changed me and had an effect on me. And um, there is genuine love and thanks for everyone. I'm so grateful for all of you. And it's a pleasure to, to know that everyone is going on to such wonderful, cool things, but that we're also all very much staying in touch. I, I kind of knew that when we all went our separate ways, it was like a very dark day, but I kind of felt in my head, I was like, we're not going to lose touch with any of these people. Like, I know no matter what happens, we're all going to keep tabs on one another. And that has even extended to other departments outside of the immediate family of the production. So I'm just so grateful. You're all wonderful people. Thank you. Thank you, Bit. <laughs> tu amor has been processed. <laughs> Aww. 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 He has a love drive. <laughs> of course he does. Of course. Angela Ensminger. Your sign-off is now ready. Please speak at the tone. This is Angela Enswinger, and I just have to say, y'all are wonderful people, because <laughs> I feel like Glitch Text was my second production. I worked on a different production on a different floor, and every single person that I met on your team was so cool and so nice. Rachel was actually one of the very first friends that I made at Nickelodeon four and a half years ago. And everything just spun off from there in such a wonderful direction. And your show is just a, it's a testament to how we can treat people, not only as professionals, but as friends. And it's an example that has stuck with me. It's something that I share with my mentees and friends and students I know that want to get into the industry. And like Sandeep said, thank you for letting me play in the sandbox. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being so generous with your time and letting me come to the production meetings and animatic meetings and storyboard pitches and being able to watch the show and just see what it is that you guys do because y'all are great. And you're going to go off and do awesome things. And I'm just so proud and happy for just every single person on your team. Thank you, Angela. That was our one millionth uh, sign-off recording. <laughs> you have won a Hanobi console that will be shipped to your door momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's impressive. It's like really fast. Send it back. Send it back. Tech <laughs> bots are, yeah. like, you don't Tech bots are descending on your location as oh, we speak. Oh, God. That doesn't sound ominous at all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hanobi's great. It's great.
the new Hanobi Series S is capable of <laughs> storing over 1,000 games and videos. I have nothing else to say. I've run out of ideas. <laughs> wipe yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Y'all are... Thank you, Angela. All right. <laughs> thank you. Y'all are y'all are just great. This has been great. So thank you for your time. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your stories. This has been awesome. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for supporting this show. And not only this show, but thank you for supporting creators it means a lot when you say a kind thing online or when you meet people at a convention or when you're in an interview or whatnot to let people know how much you appreciate their work and look at what they did and see how they did it so that you can create something just as awesome and just as cool and treat other people well because you get a good show when you treat people like people so just remember that. So glad you said that. I know, I know this like podcast is never ending, but I do want to say one other thing because you're right. I do want to thank the fan base because the fan base supporting, they support us, they support Kipo and they support Shiron, they support Owl House and Infinity Train and, and so many others. And it's such a thoughtful bunch. And to be quite honest, you know, a lot of people were like, why do you interact so much online? And my first answer is always, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> like, a, I'm, I, you know, I have the time. B, we're so proud of this show and we're fans at heart as well. And I've been warned off here and there. It's like, hey, I don't know if you want to engage too directly sometimes. And look, the reason people say that, guys, is because it is a fragile relationship sometimes when you're connected to a studio or a property and you guys have power and you have power that's negative as well as positive. And I just want to say that this fan base has been so positive. And even the people who I've interacted with about things on which we disagreed or topics that were sensitive, I was blown away by how thoughtful everyone was. And when there was tension, really nine times out of 10, just disarming the tension with like, look, I respect your right to exist. You know what I mean? And like, this doesn't have to get aggressive. Like people always back down and we're like, we're so surprised you even just responded and that you weren't just flaming us or whatever. And it's like, if we do all just kind of try to come at each other that way, like, the world can change by degrees. It's worth it. We need it right now. Just a little bit of patience, a little bit of empathy. So thank you for all you are and for trying. And that is, at the end of the day, also what the show is about. And I think a lot of you know that. It was really about, we love our stuff. We love everything about video games and obsessing about them and movies and pop culture and all this. But it's, that's, it doesn't define who we are. We're defined by yeah. our relationships with our friends and, yeah. and yes, our stuff, it's, but it's a fraction. Yeah. So, you know, please. Um, At the end of the day, you. it was about that relationship, right? Like Five and Nico's relationship was just the best friends. They love each other and that's who we were as a crew. Yeah, yeah. We love our Ralphie bears and our childhoods get wounded when you, because we all have personal relationships with our stuff and that's why we get so aggressive when anyone dares to insult it they insult us but like look you know we all come at it from our own perspective you know 
Ralphie Bear is something different to Miko than to High Five. And, you know, same with Miko and, and what's his name? <laughs> Ridley's rival, who I can't think of at the moment. Mike Sims. Um, Mike Sims, thank you. <laughs> so that's what the show's about. Take it to heart. That's what all those other shows are about, too. So thanks, guys. We love you. And I'm sorry I talked so much. I'm just sad to say goodbye. <laughs> I don't want to hang up, but I I need to. I'm neglecting my child and my lizard and my dog and my wife. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys are all awesome. Thank you so much for doing the show, and have a wonderful evening, everybody. Love you, Robles. Thanks for bringing Love us you, all buddy. together, buddy. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 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 contained.